Welcome to West Coast Fire. I'm your host, Pastor Brian King. Uh, this is our last podcast for 2020, and actually the first one in, in several weeks. Last podcast we did here at my son Bo's house. Uh, two days later, I was in bed with COVID-19. Uh, thank God for his grace that I didn't infect my son or any of my grandkids. Yeah, God. um, God's good. This is Bo, and Bo's kind of like the co-host because... <laughs> What's happened is, you know, we started out, we had a lot of different people, and people came and talked on different things, and then the pandemic's gotten a lot tighter, and people are more on lockdown. Thank God the, um, the what do you call it, doctors say I'm immune now for six to nine months, <laughs> so we're not going to push the nine, we'll go with six and then get a vaccine, but I just wanted to welcome everybody here, and today we're going to talk about some things that are aimed first of all all of our podcasts are aimed at helping you understand the things that are going on around you uh, either like you know the pandemic and, and how to deal with that or you know we've had people that talked about drug culture and gang culture and the purpose of that was to help you if you knew somebody that wanted out of those lifestyles it's always aimed at helping and enriching your life uh, not just sitting around talking. Yeah. Sometimes it's to clear things up, misconceptions, mistranslations in Scripture, wrong attitudes in the church. But today, Bo and I, and a lot of this, usually if it's Bo on the podcast with me, it's a result of a conversation that he and I have yeah. been having. Uh, Bo's preparing for ministry, and he's getting the crash course. Uh, by, by crash course, I mean he's getting the 10 years crammed out of his um, and and yeah. it's been intense, and, and God's got him in the Word constantly. And today, we're just going to talk about, I think the way I, I, I worded it on the, the announcement is, are there times that God just doesn't really care? And that's what we're going to talk about, because yeah. there are times, I don't care if you're a born-again, spirit-filled believer, or if you're somebody who just acknowledges that there is a God, there are times in our life when we just feel like, he, you know, Melania Trump became very notorious when she wore that coat to the children's detention center that said, I really don't care to you. And she got a lot of flack, but a lot of Christians, if we're honest, we really don't care about what other people are going through. And there are times that we question whether God cares about what we're going through. And so we just want to talk about that. So talk, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, you know, I um, I very much have struggled with, um, and it's part of consumer Christianism. Wow. Is believing that if God loves me, he's going to do what I want him to. Yeah. And so when things aren't going my way and God's not answering the prayers that, I'm, that I think he should be answering... I start feeling, well, the, the, the thought process is, well, either he doesn't care, he doesn't love me, or he doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. And so that's, that's part of consumer Christianism is um, it just, it, it cultivates a mindset of, of God should do what I want him to. And part of, and it's a genie in a bottle. It is. And it's this is part of this is where word of faith and and <laughs> prosperity doctrine cause a lot of problems. I because it, 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 it teaches you that 
Um, if I speak, I, speak I, I can speak into existence anything I want. I can, I can shape my reality in every aspect just by using my words because God, because by doing that, God's going to do yeah, what I want him to. And so, and it, it and it, it's no longer about, well, I'm going to pick up my cross and follow Jesus. And, and when I'm not saying that charismatics are wrong, I'm not saying word of faith doctrine is wrong. I do think that it's gotten into a dangerous territory. Yeah, uh, but I'm, I'm not saying I'm not I'm not a fundamentalist. I'm not a full charismatic. I'm somewhere in dead the middle. And this is and this is my word is not gospel. I'm not God. This is just well, my thanks, opinion. God. So anyway, so but that's where my brain goes when God's not answering my. In my prayers, and, and I'm going, well, God, why do you just not care? Do you not care that I'm that I'm hurting right now, or uh, or are you mad at me because I screwed up? And that's and that's, that's a, a, I, I know yeah. that you didn't know that, and so I am I'm start I I th I think I'm and part of part of growing up in the churches you almost especially with the old the old testament and the new testament you almost look at it like god is vengeful and angry waiting to whoop your ass and but jesus is the only thing keeping him at bay right and and, and so that becomes well god must be mad at me I'm, i gotta okay, jesus intercede yeah please and, and but the truth is, Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've, seen the, you've seen the Father. And then in Hebrews, it says, I think it's Hebrews, it says that Jesus is the image of the invisible God. Right. And so, going with love and compassion. And correct. But there's also justice and right. there's also holiness that, that the, it seems like there's a whole sect of Christianity that, that focuses just on love which leads to greasy grace god would never punish me god would never i he loves me he he is love but he's also justice as well right but and any, he said i discipline those words. correct and just for the, to for the record here there's a difference between just between discipline and punishment. and punishment there's a difference god doesn't punish punishment according to scripture is reserved for unbelievers at the last day correct um, but God disciplines, and and His discipline, it that varies. It, it can be something to where it's like a slap on the wrist, to where He just gets your attention, and or, then, or where He other, strips you of everything and, because right, yeah, because He has to because you're not listening. Yeah, I've been there. <laughs> I've been there a couple times. I think you've been swallowed by a whale. Uh, once, yeah, spit up somewhere too. Anyway, so um, so yeah, so so the so my. The purpose of bringing all that up is say if you if you look at the life of Jesus, you can you can see the attributes of God and Amen. and and the um, who God really is. And so one of this one of um, the stories that that really caught my attention was um, the story of when that Jesus had been crucified. And, and he um, he had already appeared to a group of people, but then he appears to them. Well, they're out 
fishing. And yeah, Peter recognizes him and jumps out of the boat and swims with Barry Peter. And uh, he's always impetuous. And But, um, what but he, they named him Brian. If he was <laughs> but what I, it, it's, but the whole scene is, to me, is one of the, the, the absolute attributes of the love and compassion of God. Because this is an actor after Peter had walked with Jesus for, for, for three years and then he denies him. He denies him to a little girl and like you know, like he's completely lost he completely lost who he was because they're they're they were thinking that Jesus was going to overthrow Rome and was going to do all these right. things and when he gets captured and he's being tried, they're going, Oh my god, everything we thought was a lie. What do we Even do? though he told them, constantly. even though he told them, yeah, and they, oh my God, everything that we thought yeah, was a lie, and he, and he denies Jesus, and and he doesn't even get a chance to say I'm sorry because Jesus goes and dies, right. he gets crucified, and so Peter's left with this just crushing shame and guilt, and I even if he and the, the thought process was even if he wasn't the Messiah because he died so I guess he's not he was still my friend I still right. loved him and so he didn't even get a chance to he apologize he still he didn't even get a chance to apologize and so he's left with this crushing guilt and then and then and, and, and then Jesus appears to a group of people again but there's no record of him addressing Peter personally and so in this scene yeah, when Jesus appears on the sh sh on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, I'm assuming because they're out there out there fishing, and that Peter jumps out of the boat and swims over to him, and then you've got this whole scene of of you know, Jesus cooks some breakfast and he's talking to Peter, and the tone of of the conversation that it plays out is did Jesus ask Peter? Yeah, Peter, do you love me? And Peter's like, yes, Jesus, I, I love you. And, and, he, and he asked him to death three times. But the phrasing of the last one when he says, Peter, do you love me? And it, and it seems like, like Peter's heart. And he says, third time, Jesus, you, you know. Jesus, you know. Basically, only you know because I don't know. Because I, 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 I denied you. And... And then, and then, Pete, and then Jesus goes on to tell Peter that not only do you love me, you're going to die for me, yeah. the way I died for you, and you're going to go be crucified. And so the image, the image of God in this, in this whole thing is that even after we've failed Him and we've denied Him, He, even after we we left him and gone back back to our our old life he he comes and appears to us and restores us and in in the middle of we left him because we thought that he wasn't real we thought that it was all fake and so the image of of just of god and it happened to me i at, at, at one point i went back to my old life and it, it really feel like 
because some I, I really believe that yeah, for most Christians, if you're doing it right, <laughs> at, at some point you start to question: Am I a fraud? Am I do? Am I a fraud? Am I really walking with God, or is 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 this all an act? Am I a fraud? And did Jesus appearing to you and saying, "You're not a fraud"? Just because you screw up doesn't mean that you don't love me. And and, and yeah, to me, that's one of yeah, the most important images of God is, is Him, yeah, coming to us after we've abandoned Him, yeah, to restore, yeah, restore us and bring us back. And I don't think that Peter becomes who he becomes yeah, without that conversation yeah, with Jesus on the beach. I think you're right. Um, just a little parenthetical aside here. Uh, religious leaders in America, across the board in general, need to be examining themselves. We need to be examining ourselves on a regular basis to see, are we a fraud? Yeah. Because there's a lot of people, there's, there's, there's a lot of men and women that have tens of thousands of followers on social media that the things that come out of their mouth don't line up with, with Scripture. They don't line up with the Word of God. The Word says to test the spirits. And see, Bo's talking about the individual sitting in the pew. This now I'm addressing leadership because I'm a leader. I'm a, I'm a pastor and a bishop. If you're a leader, you need to be checking yourself regularly. Um, well, I believe if you're not checking yourself, you've gotten into pride. Yeah, if there's no sense of humbleness, of, of being humble and no sense of, am I a fraud? Yeah. Am I doing this? Am I actually walking with God? Am I leading people astray? Am I, if there's no sense of that and you think that you've just got it all figured out, and worse, it seems like there's a bunch of people that feel like they have all the answers and you can ask them any crazy question about God and they have an answer. I think and, some and of the most. Oh, they've got a book series or yeah. tape series, and I think, or and I I'll think, sell it to you for twenty nine ninety. I think one of the most powerful things that a that a leader can do is when a person asks, "I don't understand it. Yeah, why is God doing this, or yeah, why did God do this?" You have to be honest and say, "I don't know. Yeah. I I don't know because if you feel if you have a pastor who's who knows it all? You need to go to a different church. Yeah, for I real, absolutely. Because I mean, I the it's the same. I the same principle of you know, Charles Spurgeon quoted. He, he said, "Jesus did not get paid the ultimate price and live a perfect life for the Pope to be the one closest to God." Amen. And and it's the the same thing of all these big pastors who who feel like they're above everybody else and like like the, like they are God's pipeline to other people. That is nonsense. Yeah, and, and this is getting off the subject. Yeah, sorry. No, because <laughs> I, I want to bring this up, though. There is required of spiritual leaders to a transparency. Yeah. And if you're a spiritual leader that's doing this, well, I have to live my life in private. I can never let anybody know that I'm struggling with this because then they won't respect me anymore. That's horse feathers. Yeah. Um, that's spiritual pride, and you need to get off that horse. Well, what it does, and I've, I've had this talk with other people, is it makes people think that there, that there is an obtainable perfect life. Right. And, and that they, is and dangerous. Be, and then you're going, God, 
Why does he get it and I don't? Yeah, you Why is yourself up yeah. because you're not that good? Yes, and, you're, you're and, not living this. Well, I know. I can't I just for sure. We've been in a, in a in a denominate or not a denominational, but a situation where the leadership never covered over everything that that was wrong in the yeah. church. And I don't believe in that. We address it. We address it head on. I came yeah. out and told people I had COVID nineteen as I was waiting because the Lord told me to wait. He told me not to do it, but then he said, okay, now's the time. People need to know that you struggle with it and you come out on the other end. It'll give them hope. Be transparent. To be honest, until you got I thought it was a, I thought it was a bunch of baloney. <laughs> you know what I mean? So uh, that's, I, 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 I've got several friends that yeah. were like that, and, and now they've got family members that are with yeah. us uh, for the new year. But, you know, the Peter on the beach with Jesus was a perfect example of how it feels when we let God down, but I want to talk about yeah, I no, want to talk I, about how it how, that feeling that we get that does he even freaking yeah, care? Yeah, yeah, it's, well, yeah. So and you and I had talked about yeah. So this Mary is, and Martha. And yeah. So just this such is such a perfect example. So to set the scene is what's going on is um, Jesus is with. The disciples and they were in another place and he gets a letter yeah from Mary and and, and it says they're the one whom you love is ill and dying and and instead of instead of rushing over there Jesus says well he's not going to die because it's going to bring my father glory and so he, he he waits and lets it play out he doesn't. He doesn't rush to get Mary's aid or get Lazarus's aid, and and he lets he lets Lazarus die, and um, and then they go, they start and they get there, and, and while while he was a ways off, yeah, Mary came running to him, and she's crying. Yeah, Lazarus had, had, had not only died, but died in yeah, the tomb for four days. Four days, and rotting and he's stinky, yeah. and 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 she's and, and she's crying, and she's going, "Why, why aren't you here?" Because the the thing the the letter said, "The one whom you love." Yeah, and it's like if you. If if you loved him, if you if you say that you love him, you say that you love me. Why aren't you here? Why didn't you show up? The thing, and so many times it felt like the thing I needed most from God, He let die four days ago. Yep, I have and, definitely been there. And, and and he's sitting, and she's and she's she's crying, and and I really believe that the that the. The heart behind it, the thought process is, if you had been here, I wouldn't be in pain right now. Yeah. Had you showed up, I wouldn't feel what I am right now. You said you loved us. I know you're God. I know what you're capable of. Why weren't you here? And, and there's an oxymoron there, too, because she knew what he was capable of, but it never dawned on her yeah. that he could still redeem the situation. I know, but that's but and that's, that's what, what I are mean. We're is, in grief. Yeah, and and that's it. Is is all? I can't focus on the fact that that he's. It's I know, and I said to God, I know what you can do. I know that you can literally do anything. 
Why aren't you here? Why are you letting the thing I'm begging you for is rotting and smelly now? And I begged you for it three years ago and you let it die. And Jesus, he knew that he was going to raise Lazarus from the dead. He knew he was. He said it from the, before Lazarus even died. He knew, he knew what was coming. And Mary's crying. And she. And this is the, the same Mary who, who sat at his feet and listened to his teaching. And he said, okay, you do what's better. And, and so he's, and so she's crying and he knows that he's going to raise Lazarus up. He knows what's coming. And not once did he say, Mary, stop crying. Mary, I could, listen, I got this. I got, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to take care of it. You don't need to hurt anymore. He sit, he sat down on the ground and cried with her. Didn't. Didn't say anything. Didn't say, hey, I've got you covered. He sat down in the dirt with her and wept. And that's that's the shortest verse in the Bible and I, one of the most powerful. Because if Jesus, Jesus is the image of God, which means that Jehovah God who sits on the, on, the, on the throne of heaven cries with us when we're hurting, even knowing that he's going to restore everything that, that he had planned. You know, you're killing me here this morning. <laughs> I'm fighting back the tears that thing because this is my son well, in whom I'm well pleased. <laughs> well, the, and this is, this is, this is, this, this is God. This, yeah. it's not the God on the throne waiting for you to mess up or, or, or yeah, counting your tithes going, oh, you didn't tithe here, here, and here. Yeah, here's a hospital bill. Here's yeah, that. Bill. That's not, God is the one who, I know you're in pain, and even though I'm going to fix it, I'm crying with you in the dirt because that's where you need me to meet you right now. And that's, that, that's God. We can close. <laughs> There's a lot of y'all been wondering in this past nine months where God was and if he really cared. I had somebody ask me, said, does God even give a damn? Yeah, he does. He does. But see that, you know, you you hit the nail on the head about 10 minutes ago when you mentioned consumer Christianity. Yeah. Consumer Christianity is, what have you done for me lately, God? Yeah, that's exactly it. Consumer Christianity um, causes you to bitch and moan when you get to church and you can't find a parking place. Uh, and you mumble out, is this really even worth it? <laughs> Uh, consumer Christianity is when you get upset because somebody's in your seat. Uh, consumer Christianity is when you get upset that the worship director didn't play the song you asked him to. Yes, God, I've been guilty of that. Well, not that. The oh, I don't like this music. Yeah, we've got today. I'm not going to check I'm gonna out. Sit down until uh, the music's over. That's consumer Christianity. But see, the Word of God says that we're to come together. Each of us bring. We, we, consumer Christianity is going to church to be blessed instead of going to church to, to bless be a blessing. To be a blessing, that's right. And that's Amen. the whole thing with Christianity. We're blessed to be a blessing. If you take that, we're blessed to be a blessing. If you take that and make that the focus of how you live, it changes. You don't get caught up in prosperity doctrine. Uh, you can, you can sow seed. I believe in sowing seed. I believe in sowing good seed. I believe 
that there are times that God will give you a hundredfold when you sow in times of famine. It's not every time. Yeah. It happened Amen. once in the Bible. Once. Once, once, once. If you're one of those preachers preaching to telling people, if you sow in a time of famine, you reap a hundredfold. Stop it. It's not a promise. It's not a promise. It's not dogma. It's not doctrine. It can happen. But you got to remember that God told him to sow yeah, in the right. famine. And so the whole thing is some plant, some water, God causes increase. Right. And so exactly. God, yeah. So don't get caught up in that. You're, it's, that blessing isn't for your BMW. That's right. That, that is right. That blessing is for you to pay your bills, to be able to feed your family, and to be able to share with others. I, I love the, the meme on Facebook. Every now and then they get it right. <laughs> the meme that says, if God blesses you, don't don't build a bigger barn, build a bigger table. That's right. Yeah, amen. Um, you know, and, and we're, as a family, and as, as the Reignite as a ministry, we're really involved with the homeless and trying to feed them. One of the things that, that really distresses me now is because of the pandemic, we can't do that. Yeah. Uh, they've shut down all the cooling centers, all the warming centers, everything is, is out. The ranch is shut down. They shut down everything. Oh, my God. I ran into uh, a young lady that we used to minister to on a regular basis last night. Haven't seen her since. Uh, it's been almost a year because they shut down where we were feeding the homeless. Uh, initially, they shut that down a year ago, but I ran into her last night. It was dark. It was raining. It's cold. Believe it or not, it does get cold in, in Southern California at times in the desert, and it was cold and rainy. and. She's she and, and her boyfriend are sleeping in a tent, and you know this breaks our hearts. If you know if if I was blessed the way some of these pastors are, there'd be a homeless center along with the church building. Yes, um, it's this is what prosperity is about. This is this is um this is what Christians need to be focused on. When you get the prosperity doctrine. But for those of you who are wondering where God was during 2020, if you lost a family member, um, he's right there with you. If you're a born-again believer, he's been right there with you. It's just sometimes, especially in times of loss and in times of grief and pain, it's real easy to lose sight of the fact that he's there. Because you ask, like we were talking about, do you really care? Where were you? Why, why weren't you here when this happened? But you see... Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. It was all for God's glory. It, it, was. it was. God was glorified in it. Lazarus' life was never the same after that, I promise yeah. you. You know, it never talks about Lazarus after that. No, you, that's you, it. That's, you, you've that's got to know that Lazarus had to become an evangelist or, or, or a prophet or something. You know, you know there's a very, um, there, there's, and if, if you look, there's, because we get caught up right now. God, I need you to deliver me right now. There's a there's a time lapse there, there and and I I would almost even venture to say when Jesus sat down with Mary and cried, she started thinking, oh my God, he's not going to raise him. <laughs> I'm serious. You got to think that she's thinking if Jesus is crying, he's gone. And so there's a time lapse there. I I don't and I heard a pastor say I for a long time I was convinced that, that it was a short like a quick thing but now i'm convinced that it was this long awkward weird cry that lasted for a while and they cried together and that and that there was 
God did, he didn't grab Mary, he didn't cry real quick and then grab Mary up and then go raise Lazarus. But that it was a time lapse. So just because God didn't raise him while he was crying with him, he did afterwards. Right. And and Jesus was never in a hurry to do well, anything. Yeah, like I so, said, we well we get we get caught up in the now. Yeah. I want to and, and and just uh, I'm going to end with this because if if you're going, God, I want to go now. I need your help now. When Jesus you know, was talking to Peter. And Peter's and he said, Peter, you can't follow me now. And Peter said, But I want to go with you now. The word that Jesus used in Greek said, You can't come with me now. He said, You can't come with me in this season, but later on you will. And Peter said, I want to come with you now. He said, I want to come with you right at this moment. And so Jesus, God, see thinks and processes and makes things happen in seasons and we're looking at the right now. Right. And, and, and that was 2,000 years ago. Yeah. How much more are we like that it's now? Still, I don't, we're, I mean, I, I, there's I, I, nothing I, new under the sun. It's yeah. the same thought process. I mean, pr probably more now. we got a microwave generation with a crockpot God. Right. And that's... I, I drove through McDonald's on the way over here. We have two McDonald's, two drive-up windows because one's, one's not quick enough. enough. One's yeah. not fast enough. We want it now. I yeah. remember back when you were little and we were in a church and this prophet from New Zealand came and he gave a prophetic yeah. word, and he t and the pastor asked, and it was this massive prophetic word about things that were going to happen in the church. And the pastor asked him, he said, just because the pastor knew, uh, uh, because the prophet said, this is going to happen super pronto. And so the pastor, knowing this prophet, asked him after the word, he said, can you can you define super pronto? What is what is in your your spirit? He goes, oh, 18 to 24 months. Yeah. <laughs> the super pronto to me means before I leave the parking yeah, lot. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and seriously, yeah. had he not said that, there would have been people standing out there in the parking lot praying, mm -hmm. marching yeah. around the parking lot, expecting a new building to pop very up. Much so, so very, very um, much so. we're going to cut this, we're going to bring this to an end. Um, try to keep it to 30 minutes so folks driving home from work um, can can turn, turn this on. And even in Palm Springs, this time of year with all of our our wonderful friends, <laughs> all of our wonderful friends from the north. Wonderful friends from the north, not snowbirds. You want to read this real quick? Oh yeah, Just yeah. Go ahead. I'm, I'm going. Quick. Do you want me to read? Yeah. Yeah. No, here. Yeah, you can read it. Um, Bo gave me this uh, when when we first got here. We were talking about this, and this is from Psalm 77, and this is the psalmist. Uh, this is Asaph, who was um, the director of music. Uh, for David, and he wrote this to the Lord. He says, "Will the Lord reject forever? Will He never show His favor again? His unfailing is has His unfailing love vanished forever? Has His promise failed for all time? Has God forgotten to be merciful? Has it has He in anger withheld His compassion?" And then he God, turns around like that so many times. Oh, absolutely, so many times. And then he turns around in verse. This is chapter seventy-seven, and then in verse ten, he answers himself. He says, "Then I thought." To this I will appeal. The years when the Most High stretched out his right hand, I will remember the deeds of Jehovah. Yes, I will remember your miracles of long ago. I will consider all your works and meditate on all your mighty deeds. Right. So 2020 is about to be over. Things are not going to change overnight, folks. Right. There's going to be a waning of the season. We are in a season 
that season will come to an end sometime next yeah. year. But don't wake up on the 1st of January and think everything's going to be miraculously okay. better. But when you wake up, as you're going through the rest of this season, keep your eyes on the things that God has done for you. Bring to memory. Count your memory. Write it down. Make a gratitude Tell list. Tell people about it. Tell, That's what he yeah. says in Deuteronomy over and over. Tell your children about it. Talk about it at home. Talk about it you know, when you're with your friends. Talk about the things that God has done so that you remember. You remember the things he's done so that you will not begin to speak out against him in your anger. Right. Yeah. And and it will encourage you. Yeah. Um, talk about the, the way he blessed you. Find the things that he gave you in 2020. That were that were absolutely blessings. It was a rough year. I came out of this year just amazing. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, there's some. Th I mean, obviously, it wasn't like a great financial year, but as far as you know, who I am and God now, I would redo this year if I needed to. Yeah, because I came out. I I came out with. He the doesn't Lord. need to, so we're not going no. to. <laughs> um, but just bring to memory the things that he's done for you in the past. So, this is, thanks, Bo. I appreciate yeah. it. So, this is Pastor Brian King with Reignite Ministries International. This is West Coast Fire. I'm wishing you all, first, before I wish you the final blessing, for those of you who really struggled in 2020, I just want you to know I pray for you guys all the time. I pray for the people that follow us. And for 2021, I wish you all the blessing of Shalom. May there be nothing missing, nothing broken in your life. I love you all.